Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and co-hosting with me today is actor, comedian, and newish mom. Hi. Sure. Welcome back. Back again. Can't stay away. I'm all about the back. Our guest in the studio today is an artist and actor, quickly becoming known for her powerful multidimensional female characters on screen and in her artwork. Born and raised in Venezuela, her television debut in the United States was on FX's drama series Mayans MC, the sequel to Sons of Anarchy. She has lived and worked as a painter in Barcelona, Malaysia, and Caracas. Now, based in Los Angeles, she continues to work, grow, and explore as an artist, actor, and brand new mom. In this episode, we'll learn more about her interesting background and professional work, as well as her pregnancy, birth, and mothering journey. Carla Barada, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, pleasure. So I usually know the people that we interview and share their birth stories, so I kind of know what's going on a little bit, but I'm learning just like the audience and just like Gillian also. How exciting. For the first time. (laughs) But you're very warm. Like I feel like I know you. Me too. Well, I've listened to the podcast for like the whole pregnancy, so... Oh, so you're Yeah, I do know you. <laughs> All right. I'm going to know you after this. Let's start at the beginning, Venezuela. Uh, what was it like growing up there? It was amazing. Back then, it was not a crazy country like now, because yeah. now it's going through a crisis, political and humanitarian crisis. But when I was growing up over there, it was amazing. I mean, I had the best childhood. We are four siblings and a bunch of cousins, and it was just fun. Which one are you? I'm the second one. Oh, so you already have two kids before this. Because, you know, you know, two little ones, but after you. Yeah, exactly. Three and well, four. we're like two years apart, so it's oh. not, yeah. Are they boys or girls? We're three girls and one boy. Who's the oldest? My sister. Okay, so she has like three kids. She has two kids. Well, I'm saying you and your two siblings, and now she has two kids. Exactly. I'm just being confusing <laughs> for the sake of being com- confusing. So was it a big city or a small town? A super small town. Oh. Yeah, it's right next to, in the border with Colombia. So I grew up going back and forth to Colombia and Venezuela. And my accent, it's like more from Colombia than from Venezuela. Mm. I actually noticed that. I didn't know why, but I noticed that it's a little different than Venezuela. You did not. No, I I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it when you were talking. It's like a little, I can't tell you exactly how it is, but the words are a little, I don't know, different emphasis. Yeah, it's different. We talk real different than people from Caracas, that is the capital. Yeah, and a lot different than people from Los Angeles. Yes. So... But, I'm, you know, because I'm face blind, I'm very in tune to voices. Oh, and that does make like sense, that, actually. A little bit. So uh, when did you leave there? Well, I lived in Boston for a year. You left Venezuela left, to Boston? Yeah, to when Boston? I, in 2007. Then I went back to Venezuela. Then I came back to L.A. studying acting a little bit, like a summer. Then I went back to study architecture in my country. And then I went to Barcelona to do my internship. And I worked as a painter over there. And then I went to Malaysia and worked as a painter over there for like six months. So was your primary four. thing painting and art? And yeah, that acting was, was just a little on the side? or I mean, I wanted to be an actor since I was a little girl. And I used to do theater in my, in my hometown. But for a girl from a really small town in Venezuela, my parents were like, what, a, what are you talking about, about acting? What, what's that? So I always dream of that, but my parents told me that I had to have like a career before that. 
and then I can do whatever I want to. So I decided architecture because, I mean, I've been painting since I was maybe 11 or something. Mm. So it was the most kind of similar to painting. Career-like. Yeah, and then I was artistry. like, I'm not going to be an actress. Oh, who, who, what inspired me. you to get into acting as, as a little girl? Like, I don't know. I was think, it theater or things you saw on television or movies? I think or? it was television, movies, and... I remember watching Selena, the movie Selena, and I was like, Mom, they're speaking Spanish, <laughs> and that's Hollywood. I can do that. <laughs> yes, but my mom, she was like, maybe <laughs> let's put her to do some theater. And then, yeah, that was just my dream. And you liked theater, like when they put you into theater? Yeah, I mm. loved it. It was like my escape. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love when someone's so passionate about something, especially at a little age like that, a young age, yeah. like you know. It was just... I don't know where it come from because nobody in my family are actors or nothing like that. But I don't know. I just felt like that was my thing. And I felt strange and weird because I was a weird girl that was doing acting. And my mom, she always was like, you can do whatever you want. Just trust yourself. And being different, it's amazing. It's not bad. So that was nice. But it sounds like you got to see the world before you came back to to Hollywood, which sounds amazing. What what kind of things were you painting? Were you doing creative art painting, or was it? What, yeah, it was creative in art. In Malaysia, when when I was living in Venezuela, I would go to Caracas like on the weekends to work as an actress, and I was doing a lot of commission art. So I would paint what people want, like I want a horse or I want a, the face of my baby. So I'll do that. But then when I moved to Barcelona and Malaysia, I was doing my art. And that's what I'm doing here, too, because I'm working as an actress and I don't need to do art as work, just as like my right. passion. What was the weirdest thing that somebody commissioned you to paint? Oh, that's a good question. That's interesting. Um, I did a person like riding a horse, <laughs> but they wanted their face on another person's body like if they were riding the horse, that was interesting. Oh yeah, <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> that happens here in uh, in Hollywood all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly, photoshopping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're a human Photoshop. Um, do you speak other languages? I do. I speak Italian. My family is from Italy. Oh my god! Right when you said Italian, I got hungry. Just the way you said it. <laughs> I'm hungry. I want to Italian. Pizza. I was like, oh, dinner. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah, Italian and Spanish and kind of English. Kind of. Well, you speak great English. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you make English sound cool. Thanks. Yeah. But you're fluent in Italian and Spanish? Yes. Well, Spanish, yeah, but Italian. Both. I'm going to Italy for the first time this summer. Really? Oh, Oh, my God. Where are you going? All over. Like, I think, 12-day tour. That's so great. Yeah, I'm starting to exercise now so that, A, I can walk all over the place comfortably, but B, so I can make room for all that food. Yeah, and you're going to walk a lot, and that's good. I feel like that's what you have to do. Like, you probably don't need to walk a lot, but in order to eat all that, you have to walk a lot. Yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't work out. It's a win-win. Yeah, I'm yeah. in. All right, so let me ask you this, because you went around. You went from Venezuela to Boston. What was that change like? I mean, a small town Venezuela to Boston must be a big... Yeah, it was a big change. I went for studying English for a year, and... That was the mission of going to Boston? Yeah, that was Why the Boston? mission. I don't know. I went in Miami, but my mom was like, no, <laughs> there's a lot of people speaking Spanish in Miami. But but Boston, they talk funny. I, I mean, <laughs> if you're listening from Boston, you know you talk funny. 
Don't be Yeah, funny. but for me, I didn't know anything about English. I mean, a little bit from school. So for me, that was how people speak. It would be so funny to me if you had your... I was just thinking with that. an accent with a but when you talk Boston accent with a car. <laughs> My husband's from Boston, <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't have it. But he can do it, and I love it. It was a big change. Yeah, I bet. but I loved it. It was I was living in like in a castle, and a lot of people from forty countries were living over there. So it was a lot of learning culture, a lot of friends from the world. And I noticed that I was not the black sheep because there were a lot of artists and painters. Mm. And, and I was like, oh, my God, there's more people like me. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, is it intimidating to get into acting where most of the roles are English speaking? Yeah, it is. And then are your auditions for a specific character type? Most of the time, yeah, because I have a pretty strong accent, so I cannot play like an American girl. I can do a, a funny American accent, like a Valley girl. I want to hear that, Queen. No. What? Because, <laughs> I don't know, I don't want to make fun of that. But with my oh. friends, I can like talk like that, like a, a Valley oh. girl. <laughs> but, yeah, for characters, most of them, it's for lat- Latinos or European people with accents. So speaking English with an accent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your really first show here is The Mayans. Yeah. MC. How did that audition go down? How did the whole thing happen? It was my second audition in the U.S. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it happened really fast, and that's not how it usually happened. So I had to learn while I was filming and doing all the things because it was my first time doing a big show, doing TV and being in the U.S. Just the, learning the ropes of, yeah, it was of crazy. filming when you got the job? Yeah. Wow. So you auditioned once for it? I auditioned once because this role was a recast, and they were shooting the pilot. Like, I, I auditioned on Thursday, and Monday I was on set. Wow. So it was so fast, and then after that, everything came to place. It was just like... Jeez. Yeah. First of all, considering LA traffic, it's hard to imagine you even got there that quickly. I know. <laughs> but also, that's really fast. Had you seen Sons of Anarchy? Yeah. Oh, you were. You I had wasn't like it. a fan of the show. Yeah. But it's not like we don't have internet in Venezuela. We do have, but it was not the best. And I didn't get like Netflix and all of that mm-hmm. over there. So I knew about the show, but. When I got the role, I was like, okay, I have to do a little bit of research. And I started watching the show, and I was just like, this is amazing. Oh, you liked the show? Yes. Mm. And then you became the show. I know. All right. Well, we got to take a little quick break. When we come back, let's chat pregnancy. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I have an incredible offer for you for my friends at Needed. An astounding 95% of women aren't meeting their omega-3 needs. Omega-3 fatty acids, especially DHA and EPA, are crucial for both mother and baby. They support brain and eye health, maternal mood, immunity, and much more. But it can be hard to get enough omega-3 from diet alone, especially during pregnancy when many people are averse to eating fish. 
And if you've ever taken a fish oil pill, you know just how unpleasant that can be. That's why I'm excited to share that my friends at Needed have revolutionized the omega-3 supplement with two different options designed specifically for mamas. An omega-3 powder that blends into smoothies and a pill option that tastes like fresh citrusy bergamot. Both are sustainably sourced from vegan algae, not fish. Both are great options for nausea and sensitive prone mamas. Needed's Omega-3 powder is delivered in liposomes, nature's very cool way of protecting and delivering Omega-3 just like in breast milk. Needed's Omega-3 is clinically proven to be five times better absorbed than fish oil pills. The powder is mild tasting and it pairs great with Needed's prenatal multi-powder and collagen protein powder in a daily smoothie. If powder isn't your thing, Needed's got you covered with those Omega-3 plus capsules, which have a pleasant citrus flavor. Needed is sharing in awesome pre-order discount just for my listeners buy two get one free on either omega-3 option powder or capsules you can stock up on either one or try them both with this exclusive discount use code three berlin the number three berlin at this is needed.com put three omega-3s in your cart use the code number three berlin at this is needed.com buy two get one free Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We are talking to Carla Brada. So, you had a baby. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How does that start to come into play? Did you decide now's a good time to have a baby? No. It was a surprise. (laughs) You auditioned on Monday. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And on Thursday, you had the job. (laughs) It was a complete surprise for us. And I found out I was pregnant on December last year. Okay. And I was going to start season two of Mayans on April from the year coming. Okay. So this year. And, of course, I will be like six months pregnant while I was shooting. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to wait for Christmas and then I'll tell them. (sighs) So I went to Venezuela for Christmas. Then I came back to the U.S. around February. We had a beautiful dinner of the Elgin James house. He's like the head of the show. And I was like, okay, this is the moment I'm going to tell him. And I was like, hey, I have to talk to you. I'm pregnant. And he was like, you have to be kidding me. <laughs> and I you bleeped was like, yourself. Yeah. And then he was like, wait, wait, wait. And he called one of the writers and he was like, what is the only thing that we know for sure about this season? And she was like, that Adelita is pregnant. <sighs> so my character was pregnant for season two, and they didn't know I was pregnant. Whoa, they already wrote it in? Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And wow. we started crying, and, oh, yeah, they so have, like, sweet. fake bellies. But but you had a real belly. <laughs> yeah, it was my belly the whole show. Oh, That's my amazing. Like incredible. Yeah. It was, like, uh, meant to be. That'll be so cool to go back and show your son. I know, because he was there yeah. at the time and reacting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I'm just also a little curious, but maybe too much information. Were you trying to not get pregnant? Yeah. I mean, I was doing like a for a year this method where you take your temperature. Basil. Yeah. And it worked for like a year. But then my. But you were using it to avoid getting pregnant. Yes. And whereas other people used it to try I to I was using it to avoid it. You're like, oh no, I'm ovulating. You sleep over there, I'll sleep exactly. over there. Exactly. Okay. And then it was my husband's birthday, and I was like, ah, that's for once. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen once. Yeah. And well, what are you going to get him next year? I don't know. Is that <laughs> a baby? <laughs> it's going to be hard to outdo that one. 
Oh, wow. So you weren't 100% surprised. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. How was it like acting that pregnant? I mean, did you have nausea and vomiting at the beginning? or? Yeah, but a little bit of nausea, but I started shooting when I was six months. So that was behind so it was, Yeah, and I had a super easy pregnancy. Yeah, I mean, I never felt better in my life oh, really? than when I was pregnant. And I think also the rush and the adrenaline and being on set and it kept me like healthy and working out. So it was pretty interesting. But emotionally, it was a lot. In terms of what? Because I was doing like really intense scenes. Oh, because, right. Yeah, they put me like in a dog cage, being pregnant for real. And at the end, they kidnapped me. And the last scene that I made, it was the character giving birth. And that scene was after I gave birth. Like, Oh, yeah. That might be for the better. Yeah, but they were, like, taking the baby away, and I was, like, crying. No, oh. my baby. So, yeah. Oh, they had a real intense. baby. Yeah. So that's an interesting IMDb credit for I that, know. like, three-week-old baby. <laughs> yeah. It's never too early. But it was really cool, and I worked till it was 36 weeks. And the last day that we were shooting, we were in Mexico, in Tecate, in the border. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I feel something... I'll run, run to the, the border. border. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this baby's not going to be born in climb the over border. The wall. Yeah. Wow. But is there physical elements to the, I mean, because sometimes it's a violent show. Yeah, it is. Well, they have a stone double mm-hmm. for me in the scenes that we needed, but. With a fake belly? With a fake belly, mm-hmm. yeah. But it was not a lot. Yeah. If I ever do a TV show, I'm insisting on a stunt double with a fake belly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put in my contract. It doesn't look that good. (laughs) (laughs) No. Anyway, so when you're traveling around, is it hard to do, like, all your medical visits? I mean, 36 weeks is deep into your pregnancy. Yeah, but, I mean, I had my all my pregnancy with a midwife in a midwife center in Santa Clarita. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they gave me the green light. They were like, you can go. And then I had a water birth. All right, we're going to talk about that soon. But okay. um, did you, midwifery care versus medical care, that was a conscious choice that you made? Yeah, because we started in a medical care, regular hospital with a regular doctor. But it felt, I don't know if it was that doctor, but it was not, like, it didn't feel right. For you? Yeah, for me. And I just wanted to try to have something more close to my heart, something more, like, warm, because I'm here without my family, and I wanted so much. Is your family still in Venezuela? Yeah, <gasps> all, With all of the them. mess going on there? Yeah, they're still over there. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I pray for everyone there. Yeah, they're fine, but it, it's rough. It's not a... Have they come up to see your son yet? Yeah, and we went for Christmas. That was crazy, too, with a little baby. Huh. How was it traveling with the baby? Um, interesting. <laughs> How old was he when you traveled? I guess about four months. Ye- oh, four months. Yeah. Um, my experience at four months with the baby was that the baby didn't really care where they were. So mm-hmm. here's my little travel kit tip from Dr. B, my life hack for traveling with babies that age. You just have a little thing. It's a bag. And inside it, you have little Hershey's miniature chocolates and some earplugs. And so when you first get on the plane, you just give everybody around your Hershey's miniature chocolates. And then if your kid screams, um, instead of being mad at you, they feel bad for you because you gave them chocolate. 
And then right when they're feeling bad for you, you're like, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to get the baby to come down. But here's some earplugs just in case. And then you're like a goddess. You're like an angel. That's amazing. So simple. Yeah. But really, I mean, especially if you're feeding the baby, they don't care where you are. They want to be snuggled up against you. Yeah. Whether you're just sitting there or they get hungry, you can feed them. It's like we always had an easy time traveling. It's once they started to like fidget and move around and crawl and walk around, Mm -hmm. then they don't want to be stuck in a seat for, Mm -hmm. you know, however long it is, depending where you're going. We just got our daughter's passport. So we're ready. We're ready. We're ready. Let's do it. Yeah, I think it'll be, just take my secret travel kit. You'll be totally <laughs> fine. All right, so let's get back on track with your pregnancy. You liked the midwifery care. Yeah, I loved it. And during your pregnancy, were you planning to birth with those midwives? Yeah. So you had put some thought into what you might want your birth to be like. I try not to. Think about it? Yeah, because I get really into my head. And my husband, he's really relaxed. He was like, whatever you want to do, I'm going to be there with you. So I tried not to watch a lot of things or to read a lot. I was just like, I'm going to trust my body. And I'm sure if it's not for me, then they'll tell me, let's go to a hospital. So I kind of knew that everything was going to be okay and just trust that my body knew what was going to happen. I was just like, okay, you do your thing. I'm just the vehicle for these to be born. And it was just a three-hour birth. Whoa. So, what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Every, you, you do things like quick. You're like, I think I'm going to audition for the show. <laughs> Boom, I got the job. Oh, that's well, true. That's a little birthday present. Boom, I'm pregnant. Yeah. And one of the midwife, you interview one of hers, um, Andrea. Oh, not on here. On the Real Midwives of Los Angeles. It was our YouTube channel. Oh, okay. So we she... interviewed her about her own birth okay. stories and becoming a midwife. Oh, wow. She's amazing. Yeah. So your plan was to just labor at the birth center or at home? Birth center. Oh, at the birth center. Yeah. And you felt like, because, you know, there's no drugs or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You were totally comfortable with it. Totally, yeah. And you didn't do a lot of you didn't do a lot of prep, but I know you listen to that one podcast from time to time. I listen to all of your podcasts. I swear. When I was in the gym, I was like, yeah, that was my inspiration. (laughs) That's the only way I ever get to the gym is when people (laughs) listen to me in the in the gym. Yeah, I did. And it sounds weird because, I mean, it was my first baby, but I just had this feeling that everything was going to be fine. And I knew that if I didn't feel in the moment, I could tell the people, just take me to the hospital because I don't, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. But I think it was so fast that I didn't even have the chance you to. You never got to that. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Let's take a break and come back and we'll get the full birth story. Okay. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. It's Elliot Berlin and Gillian Shore, and we're talking to Carla Barada. Let's talk birth. Spoiler alert, we know it only took 10 minutes, but (laughs) uh, how did it all start? First of all, where are you in relation to your due date? 39 weeks. 39? Yeah. Okay. Um, Tuesday. My due date was next Monday, and it was 39 weeks on Monday. And it was a Tuesday. So you're 39 weeks in one day. Exactly. And you just stopped working three weeks ago. Exactly. Yeah. And then my mom was here and my mother-in-law was here. They were staying with us. And we were watching TV like at 10 p.m. And I just felt like something moved really big. And I was like, 
mm, I think I'm gonna go to sleep just in case I'm relaxed. So I went to bed and then like at 2.30, I wake up with the first contraction that I was having like for a week. I was like, oh, I think this is a contraction, but it was not. And then I felt like this thing that I was like, maybe this is it. So I was, I wake up my husband like, I think it's time. And I went out of the bed and my water broke. Oh, right there, after yeah. one contraction? After one contraction, it just broke. I was like, oh my God, it's like the movies. That, that part was exciting. <laughs> then we wake up like the grandmas and my mom was like, we're so fast having babies because her, my grandma, my sister, they're all like six hour birth. And I was like, okay, let's call the midwife. And we called them and she was like, how close are the contractions? And I was like, my husband was talking to them and he was like, well, the first one was like eight minutes. The next one was seven. The next one was six. And she was like, okay, so maybe we're going to meet you there like in 30 minutes. Oh, go straight to the birth center. Yeah, straight to the birth center. Because they didn't know what was happening because it was really close to each other, the contractions. When we get there, they checked me and they told me I was two centimeters. It was like 3.30, almost four. Yeah, like 3.30. Did finding out that you were two centimeters mean anything to you in that moment? Yeah, I was like, I can't do this. Oh, you thought you would be further along. Yeah, because it was really painful. And she was like, if you want to go home and then come back. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not moving from this bed. <laughs> I'm just I'm stuck here. Where did you feel the pain? Um, All over. Front, back. Yeah, it was super intense. Like I was laying down just like. My husband was talking to me. He asked me, do you want music? And I wouldn't say anything. I was just like, uh, didn't he, say anything. He was totally went inside. Yeah. And then the midwife told my husband, when she started, okay, just stay here. We're going to go to sleep in the room next to this one. When she started doing like weird sounds, like she wanted to uh, push or something. Grunting. Just wake us up. And he was like, okay. Then 15 minutes passed and I started doing these sounds. And my husband was like, Oh, I think this is it. And he went to find the midwife. And they were like, no, I don't think this is it. And they went to check me. And he was like, oh, my gosh, it's 10 centimeters. Hurry up. And You then, went from 2 centimeters to 10 centimeters in 15 minutes? Yeah. And then, what? Wow. I know. I mean, Your I don't know because it was my first Your baby. Your grandma was not lying. Oh, yeah. And the then pain. they started, like, feeling the top. But I didn't know I, I was Top gonna, of the baby's head? What do you mean the top? The bathtub. Oh, they feeling the tub. Yeah, oh, they but I didn't know I was going to have it in there. They were just like, just in case we're going to put water in here. And the moment I heard water, I was like, <gasps> take me to the water. And I just jumped in the bathtub. And it was, I don't know, 10 fingers of water or something oh, like that. You're not that big. So. Yeah, and then <laughs> I started pushing. and In the water? Yeah. Right when you got in? Yeah. Wait a second, you did not from the beginning, you weren't planning to do water? No, not at all. You never talked about it, thought about it? Mm -mm. But they said, oh, you're getting close, let's fill up the tub. But then you heard it, and your instinct was like, get in the water. Yes, you dove in a pool. Yeah, it was... Literally. That's amazing. And I almost crawled to the bathtub, I was like... (laughs) To get into it? Oh my God, I could see the scene in the movie, you're right. And my husband was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, just put me over there. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you pushed right when you got into the water? Yeah. Like just a little pushing? No, no, no. It was, I don't know how many times, because in my mind it was hours. (laughs) But maybe, I don't know, seven? Seven pushes? Pushes or something. 
And then my favorite part was the moment he was out, the pain was gone, like right in that moment. Mm -hmm. And then the placenta was out, and then they put the baby here, like in my chest. He ate a little bit. And then they kept the placenta connected with the baby for like maybe 20 minutes. Oh, the placenta came out. Yeah. So you just the baby's connected to the placenta just sitting on, on you. Yeah, and they didn't cut that thing till like 20 minutes later. So My husband caught it, and then he waited the baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then everything started at 2.30. Uh-huh. He was born like at 4.50. What? Wow. That and is then so crazy. At 8, we were home with a baby. <laughs> oh, my <Okay>. God. <laughs> yeah. When our fourth was like that. What is the fourth? There's not like a lot of traffic on the fourth, you know? Uh, our first one was 42 hours. I never get doula clients like you. When I was a doula, I would always get the clients that are like long births. Yeah. Uh, I had one. Actually, she was on the podcast. We actually recorded a podcast. She was walking around grunting. She's like, God, I'm so big. I want to just go into labor. <laughs> Nothing's working. I did all the things. We left the studio and she had the baby two hours later. That was oh her first God. kid also. So I didn't even make it. She didn't have a chance to call. Two hours and 15 minutes later, I got a text. This is my baby. I'm like, what? Is that a joke? <laughs> That's crazy. She's like, yeah. yeah, there's no time to call. I don't know why it was that fast. That's so crazy fast yeah. on a first kid. And the midwife told me, you can have all the kids that you want, but at home. At home. Because you're you not going to have, have time. the time to go and have them. Yeah. So I don't wow. know. When you were pushing... I'm just curious. Did they coach you on pushing or you just left it to you to no, do it? No, there were two midwives with us. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even knew they were there in my mind because I knew they were there. But they were so like just touching my knees. And my husband was like grabbing my hands. And he was like, breathe and push. And I was like pushing with everything. And then the midwife told me, just one more time. And that was when I was like... This is it. And then. Is there going to be a third season of Mayans? Yeah, we're going to start on April. Is it, would it scare you a lot if you read the script and your character has twins? <laughs> oh my God, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying they to. They want you to be method again. Yeah. No, no. And your stunt double will have to get an extra belly. Oh my God. No. <laughs> Please. Um, I don't know how people with twins do it. Cause, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it all works out somehow. What about feeding and like all the new mommy stuff? Um. It was great. I mean, I didn't have any trouble with breastfeeding. But when he was like three months, I started to give him a bottle, my milk in bottle because I had to go work and audition. And it was like a lot to take the baby. I didn't want to do that. And then it was a lot of pressure to take out the milk and put in the fridge and all of that. So we started breastfeeding and formula, like a three month and a half, something Mm -hmm. like that. And then he liked more the formula. Oh, no, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I will feed him just at night. And then when he was five months, he turned five months, he was like, no, I don't want to yeah. breastfeed anymore. And I was like, okay, it's fine. I mean, I would have loved to do it for a longer time, maybe six or seven months, I don't know. But also I knew it was not for me. It was like for the baby. And my husband was the one that told me, I know you want to do it, but if the baby doesn't want to do it, it's not your thing. It's because of him, you know? And I was like, yeah, maybe my ego brain of mom doesn't want to let this baby not have my milk. But, yeah, it was a lesson because 
This may sound weird. I mean, I I love my mother's home cooking, but definitely the first time I found like packaged snack cakes, I was like, <laughs> "Wow, that's an amazing example." <laughs> well, thanks. That's an amazing example. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I came back around to my mother's home cooking. <laughs> I hope he doesn't come back yeah. to me. But <laughs> <laughs> that's where the analogy ends. <laughs> Oh, well, um... Yeah, and now we're, he's six months, so we're trying to give him food. Have you, what, would it be, what have you given him, and has he enjoyed it yet? Kind of. Yeah, like banana and pear and apple, but it's funny. So now you're acting. Mm-hmm. Your career is off to a blazing, successful start here in the U.S., yeah. and you're still painting. I'm still painting. I had a, a show... I think it was January when we had the show, and it was like a fundraiser for the kids in Venezuela. Mm. And with another guy from the show, Michael Lonstein, he's also a painter, so we did this beautiful show, and we raised a lot of money. And wow. we, yeah, we sent a bunch of things, like milk and diapers and medicines. It mm. was beautiful. No snack cakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're painting your stuff now. You're not you're yeah. not commissioned anymore for mm-hmm. other people's things. And I opened up by saying that your artwork is multi-dimensional female characters. Tell me more about that. Um, I think in my acting, I try to do like interesting characters. I don't want to do like boring things or just the wife or somebody. I just want to. If girls and women are watching me on the television or on the movie screen, I want them to see someone that they can connect to and they are are inspired by. And then when I'm doing my art, I try not to have a gender when I'm painting. So if you see a face that I do, you don't know if it's a woman or if it's a man or where's that person from. And I think that's what I love about my art because I sometimes I don't define myself by gender or by women or being a man or being, you know, I think it's more of that or the color of your skin or where you're from or your culture. I think inside we're all the same and we're so powerful and so rich. And sometimes because of the way we look, people judge us. And I want when someone watch me on screen and they connect with that, I want the same thing with my art, but that anybody can connect with it. It doesn't matter if you're a man, you can see that piece and you can be like, mm, maybe this is me when I'm sad, you know? Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I love that because I think there's not enough focus on what we have in common. We're so focused on our differences right now yeah. in this time period. And it's nice to just take away those differences and just see commonality, something anybody can relate to that we yeah, can relate to. Yeah, I think that's important. And also, I mean, I've been lucky to have amazing, amazing men in my life. My dad is amazing. My husband, he's like... I couldn't be doing any of this without him. So for me, it's also like honoring that, honoring men and women together, because mm-hmm. we're, like you said, we're so divided right now, like women, power, men, and that. And I think if we come together, we're stronger together. 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, no more architecture? No. <laughs> Do you miss it? You don't seem to. No. Do I you- mean... It was fun. You get that giant desk. I the, know. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, yeah. That's why I wanted to be an architect. I would want to be an architect like just, just for that Just a doodle on there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good thing. And I was doing background for theater. Background? Like sets? scenography? Yeah, like sets. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that was my thesis. Thesis? Thesis yeah. was oh, really? about that, yeah. And I worked doing that in Caracas for a while. Oh, you got so much stuff. 
Yeah. Well, I think the universe has definitely dubbed you like move quickly, girl. I know. Yeah. Quickly, part Bostonian, part Valley girl, Caracas <laughs> slash Barcelona. Is it weird that I have birth envy? I don't think I have birth envy. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> no, I mean it's a beautiful story. Look. No, it's good. It's inspiring. It's like that's possible. It's possible. Yeah, it's yeah. wonderful. And you weren't here, but we just recorded Gillian's birth story, and oh. um, the plan didn't go exactly according to plan. You know. And I think that's what happens with birth. It's like you kind of make a loose plan. And at the end of the day, you're trying to steer a hot air balloon. And sometimes the wind blows in your favor and sometimes it doesn't. But Sometimes you, still- you dive in a shallow tub. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think at the end of the day, for me, it was more about not planning. So I, I didn't have a big expectation of what my birth was going to be. I just wanted to be with a midwife if that was possible. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have this dream about my perfect birth or I I wasn't like putting a cross, like I'm not going to be in the hospital. I was just like, let's just be there for whatever happens. Mm -hmm. And for me, it worked. Mm -hmm. Maybe because I wasn't in my head and I was not having a lot of expectations about what was going to happen. Yeah. I think there, there's so many factors. Part of it is what you want and where your mindset is. It's huge. Part mm-hmm. of it is the people you surround yourself with. And a lot of it just boils down to luck. You know what happens yeah. once the wedding starts. You just kind of let go and roll with it. Mm-hmm. You know? And trust. Cause, to use the wedding analogy. Yeah. Whatever happens is the best, especially for the baby. Cause That's what was supposed to happen. Yeah, exactly. I am inspired by both of you. I'm grateful to both of you. I can't wait to hear your story. (laughs) I'm so grateful to both of you for sharing your stories. I learned something every time someone just shares their birth story. And I know our listeners learn a lot from it, too. So I really, really appreciate your coming. Where can we find you online? My Instagram is Carla Barada, my name. Mm -hmm. And in there, you can see a little link to my where you see my art. I'm really bad with technology, but I managed to create a website for my art. Oh, very good. Yeah. So on your Instagram mm-hmm. page, you have a link to your artwork. Yeah. Oh, the bio link. Mm-hmm. The only link you can get on Instagram. Exactly. And Gillian, you're on Instagram too. Mm-hmm. Gillian, sure. You guys Gillian are sure. very, very creative with the Instagram ha- <laughs> handles. <laughs> And we learned earlier that you're now posting more than once a quarter. (laughs) Yeah, like twice. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to keep up but you don't have a lot of time, that's a great account to follow. (laughs) I get that. Um, Again, thank you so much. And also at home, thanks for listening to our show. If you would like more information about pregnancy and parenting, visit us online at informedpregnancy.com. I got a ho!